Welcome to Career Central with Lorraine Beeman. In this program, you will hear from career management experts who will provide guidance and strategies to help you advance or change your career. Now, here is your host, Lorraine Beeman. Welcome to Career Central. I'm Lorraine Beeman, your host of an hour totally committed to helping you achieve your career goals by providing strategies you can implement immediately. Our guest this week is Holly Shaw, an actress and an author. Why ask an actress to be our guest? Over the past few months, we've discussed interview strategies several times, and many of you have asked for more ideas about how to keep an interviewer interested in what you were saying while you're meeting virtually. And a lot of times I talk about interviews being a dress rehearsal for a job. You have sometimes 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30, never more than an hour to show someone that you are the right candidate. We've also had some requests about how to keep people engaged during Zoom meetings. And again, a Zoom meeting can be the audition for that promotion. So because you asked, we went after an expert and we have her here today. So let's just get started and find out how she keeps her audiences engaged and wanting to hear more from her. So please welcome our guest, Holly. Welcome to Career Central. Thank you so much, Lorraine. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. So let's just get right to it. Why don't you share with our audience your career path? Because it's been fascinating. Tell him you know, how you started and, and what you're doing now. Sure. Yeah. Well, when I was a kid, I really wanted to do movies. I really wanted to do TV and movies. And so I got an agent and my dad, uh, we lived in Indianapolis, but my agent was in Chicago where all the action was. So my dad would take me to these auditions. I was about 14 when I started going to all these auditions and we go back and forth on the Amtrak train and, you know, it would take five hours to get there. And then I do an audition, you get in the room, it's like two minutes, you know, if tops say a few lines, and then they're like, thank you very much. And then you turn around and you get back on the train and you go all the way home. So it's a very long way to travel for a job interview. Um, And I found like, I would get so nervous. I would tremble, I would shake, the words would come out all wrong, and I would like to tell you this happened one time, but it happened so many times, Lorraine. It happened so many times. I had such bad stage fright. And I remember one day my dad saying, you know, Holly, are you sure that you want to do this acting thing? Like you've been to about a hundred auditions and uh, no, you know, I'd get close, but no, no, no real jobs. And I said, you know what? I do. I do. I know I can do this. And I got some coaching to help me with some of that stage fright. I learned how to work with it. And I think ever since then, being a performer, moving through my life as a professional dancer, and then now sort of organically finding my way into performance coaching and working with artists, I've found that 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 fear in me that sort of propelled me to be great at the end when I finally learned to deal with it is what has made me want to help other people, right? Help them with that, overcome that fear so that they can be calm and confident and just really be able to share with the world who you really are, right? Without the fear and anxiety getting in the way. So let's jump right into stage fright. Um, 
employers are always shocked when people don't even show up for interviews. People get so scared. They do not show up. They do not call. It's just like they, you know, pull the covers over their head that morning, go, oh, that's it. Um, And then some go and they are so terrified. I think you mentioned you stumbled over words. They stumble. They don't feel comfortable. It's like an out-of-body experience. And so, which is stage fright. So, let's just jump into the nitty-gritty of stage fright and how we deal with that. Yeah. Well, it's so painful, isn't it? I mean, I just I, I just want to get into that for a second because I think it's important to understand when you have that stage fright, it's there's like nothing more painful than to to know you can do one thing, right? Like I know I'm a competent person. Say the listeners right now, it's like you know you've been working in this field a really long time. You know you're skilled. You've got the certificate, you've got the degree, you have the experience, maybe even, but for some reason you're not able to translate that to the person who's interviewing you. And it's 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 almost more than frustrating. It's just it's agonizing, right? And um I want people to understand who are listening when when you have that fear, when you have like the shakiness, your mind clogs up, you you can't seem to find the words. I'm I'm starting to feel a little bit of it right now, but it's exciting because I know how to manage it. But when you have those, the heart palpitations, it's your body trying to help you, right? It's the adrenaline. It's the body trying to say, okay, it's go time. We're getting this the the signal that there this is a, a high pressure situation. So we're going to either fight or run or we're going to freeze. Um, and so it's a good thing. So the first thing I want people to understand is a good thing. It means that energy is coming to you to try to help you, but it's a, it's a matter of you allowing it and getting up to speed with that fast energy. So it can, it can help you, right? Instead of hinder you. So how do you harness that? I mean, (laughs) we know it's good for us, but then we're sitting there thinking that we're going to throw up on the interviewer. What little (laughs) tricks are there? I mean, and does it happen before that? I mean, like, do you work on this like the night before, three days before, or the morning of? Tell me. Yeah. Sure, all of that. Well, I mean, I, I do go into depth and in it like in my book, Making Art in the Middle of Madness, I go into depth about this, but um, I'll give you the highlights here. So preparation is important. So really understanding like what it is you want to, to ask about the next day, kind of prepping your mind around what do I want to get out of this interview? What do I want to find out? about this job, what is important to me, mm-hmm. right? Because interviews are about both people. And I think more so when you're in an interview than an audition. Audition is often this energy of like, please give me the job. <laughs> an interview, I feel like is more double-sided, you know, you're both interviewing each other. So having that preparation. And then the, the most important thing I tell actors and I would tell your listeners is then get off of it. Like, don't, worry about it. Lead a good life. You know, have a nice dinner with your kids, get to bed early, lay your clothes out, and then forget about it. It's just one part of your day, right? So, it's about um, the preparation part is about managing the risk level. So, even if you feel like, oh my God, this job is really important and you're putting a lot of pressure, see if you can just turn the dial down on the pressure for yourself so it's not so intense, right? There's not so much on this one thing um, weighing on you. 
So that's the preparation piece. And then when you're in that interview, you know, there's three things that I talk about in making art in the middle of madness, and that is connection, creativity, and story. So crafting your story and connection. So starting with connection, connection is all about, um, you know, connecting with that person in the interview, maybe giving them a compliment or, um, you know, asking them how their day is or just something to kind of add like some humanity to those first few awkward moments, you know, um, or saying, oh, I noticed um, you guys are in the middle of a launch or something about their business. Like, I bet you guys are busy. How's that going? You know, just sort of to show that you're you're hip to what they're doing. You're, um, you're up to date. You're interested and you're a caring person that they might want to hang out with. Right. And connection is great to alleviate this fear because, um, once we're connected, truly, we're, we're so focused on the other person that we're less focused on herself, right? So stage fright, it really, um, it feeds off of self-consciousness. Like oftentimes, we're self-conscious. We're aware our heart's beating really fast. We're aware we're sweating. We're thinking about, oh my God, where's the, how do I, what, what, where's, I don't know what I'm doing. What am I, you know, we start spinning out a little bit. And so when you connect, you're putting your focus on the other person and it gets you out of your own head. Um, The second part of this is creativity. So I say, when I say creativity, I really am talking about Um, Being in the moment, Um, a conversation is an improvisation in my mind. You're listening and you're going with what that person is saying. And so, you know, really allowing yourself to be in that moment, not, not worrying about what they're thinking about you, but listening to the words out of their mouth, which would be really important for any, uh, any employee or any person, partner you want to bring on board, you want somebody who can listen and be present. So just allowing yourself to kind of have fun in the moment, like, ooh, what am I liking about this interviewer? What am I enjoying about this experience? Like, this is, this is interesting. Hmm. Um, allowing yourself to be in the moment. And then finally, story. Story is about the story that we tell ourselves, and I feel like this is the, if there's one takeaway, it's uh, be careful of the story you're telling yourself. I mean, I think that's probably why those people don't get out of bed is they're saying, ooh, like, who do I think I am? Like, I don't, I, this person's going to judge me. I'm going to look like a fool. Um, you know, maybe they're, they're worried about, um, how they add up to other people, or they've already you already talked yourself out of it before you even get there, right? Like, oh, it's a long shot. I mean, there's probably a million people. This is a great job, so I'm sure so many people want this job. I'm never going to get it. And so you talk yourself into this place where um, you kind of feel like, what's the point, right? And so it's really important to listen to those stories and see if you can kind of shift them around so you can find yourself saying things that would be more like, um, you never know, right? You never know. I mean, I could. You never, I I am qualified. I didn't do nothing to get here. I did something to get this interview. They must have liked something to spend time talking to me. It's, they're not talking to everybody, 
I've got the chops. I would like this job and I think I'd be good at it. You know, so saying things like that to yourself um, can just help you go in with a such a more relaxed attitude as well. You know, because the worst thing is you go in and you if you're saying these negative things to yourself, then your interview, the the interviewer can kind of feel this attitude sometimes. And it's like, you're not trying to have an attitude. You're just scared, but it might come off as like a little feistiness, like, you know, just because you're trying to guard yourself. So those would be the top, you know, off the top of my head, those things. I think you really nailed it, especially the last one. When you have that fear and that attitude, people just sense it like, oh, you know, if there's something wrong here and then they don't think this person, they just think, I need to back up. You know, there's something going on here. I want to pick up on something you said, which I think is really important. I don't want to let it just slide as one comment. Is the idea of improv in terms of getting to the point where you listen and react to somebody. I think so many people go into interviews thinking it's a test. They're going to ask me 10 questions. And if I get the answers right, I'm going to get the job. And it's, it's not about answering questions. It's about connecting. And I think that whole thing. So, as an actor, why don't you share a little bit, you know, if, if you want to practice improv, you know, get your kid, get a friend, but, but what do you do to start feeling comfortable with that reacting to somebody? Mm. Well, I think, yeah, like, I mean, improv classes are all over the place. That's never a bad place to start. Um, and I think, you know, just trying it out, even um, trying to stretch yourself if you're someone that doesn't go around and have conversations with strangers. <laughs> this is going to sound like a stretch, but, you know, maybe strike up a little combo with the nice woman behind or man or person behind the um, check checkout register at the grocery store. Um, you know, have those little moments where you're, you know, notice and, and use it as a, as a way to get curious right? Because people love to talk about themselves. People love to talk about themselves. So, how could you just sort of notice something about the grocery store checkout person? Most grocery store checkout people probably are used to somebody not even looking at them, right? Most people just go through, get their stuff, pay. They don't even look them in the eye. So, try it out just on random people that, that aren't necessarily holding your job in their hands. So, the risk level is lower, yet the, the opportunity for connection is everywhere. Um, so, that's where I would start. And I really like the idea of the improv class because even though we're talking about interviews, in building relationships within your company and your organization, being a good listener and actually reacting to what the person said, not going through the agenda in your mind, I think is just a really key. We always promote managing your career, and I think that's a really important skill, how to listen, how to react. And I really like what you're saying about compliment somebody, make eye contact with someone so that you can, can engage. And, I, and, and again, the making it human in the, in the beginning, making a comment that when you go into the interview, it's just not all about them asking you. It's not, you know, an, an inquisition, but it's, it's a, a, a meeting. And that's, yeah. that is great. So um, let's talk about, um, you know, you're, you're trying to engage with the person at, at the checkout. How do you get people to listen to you? Now, you know, how do you, you know, start a conversation or something where people go, Oh, mm. he's worth responding to. Mm. 
Well, I think about that quote. Was it Dale Carnegie? I feel like so many people, this has been quoted. Uh, I'm not going to say who it is because I, I feel like it's out there with different names attached. <laughs> the quote is, uh, to be interesting, be interested. To be interesting, be interested. And I think uh, there's nothing more fascinating than someone who is truly enmeshed. I'm trying to look for the right word. Truly, um, truly in something, truly into something, right? So you think about uh, watching a musician play and, and they're so wrapped up in what they're playing. And it's so, you know, it's like them and the instrument are one and they're so fascinated and interested in what's coming out of them just as much as you are that you can't look away, right? Um, so when someone is interested in what they're about, then other people will be interested in that. So um, I know that probably sounds like a tricky way of saying have self confidence. <laughs> um, so, and I know how that can feel like, oh, yeah, right. Like if you're not feeling very confident. So it's just about thinking about like what, what's interesting, um, being interested in what you're talking about. Yeah. So even just taking the you out of it and kind of being like, why does doing this work interest me? It might be a stretch for some of you. Maybe the job you want isn't a job that you're in love with, but you're good at it. So, and you're doing it. There must be something you're interested in. So, you know, get excited about it. People don't want to hire on people that are um, uh, sad, hate their jobs, bored. Uh, this reminds me um, one of the funniest, worst things I ever did in an interview, uh, they asked me, so I, I also do bookkeeping and accounting and finance. <laughs> so it's just like one more, one more of the things that I do. Um, so I was in a job, but it's not my love, right? It's not my passion. I hardly ever talk about it. But I was in an interview to get one of these jobs and they were like, do you, you know, because I talk about myself being an artist and this was a online art school. So it was actually appropriate that I was into art and uh, accounting. And they said, are you, do you love accounting? And I said, well, it's not a, it's not a bad way to make a living. I don't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and they laughed. And I think because I made them laugh, right? And because um, I so clearly wanted to be there, um, the, those things rose above. But that's probably the worst thing you could say in a job interview. This job you're going to give me, I don't hate it. Um, so probably don't do that. But try to think of what do, what do you love about it? Yeah. And I think that goes back to um, that whole stage fright thing. If you're thinking about what you love and you're thinking about the job, you're not thinking about your heart beating and all of that. So, right. Great, great advice. We are going to take a very short break. I promise very short. We're going to come back and continue our um, conversation with Holly and tap into more of her ideas about how turning that interview into a outstanding um, presentation. All right. We'll see you back in a few minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Are you worried your job will end? Is there someone in your life who is facing a layoff? Career transition specialist Lorraine Beeman has condensed 20 years of experience helping people cope with sudden unemployment into an easy-to-read how-to book, Career Restart. Practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Knowing how to handle a job loss will help you move into your next job. This book guides you through the restart of your career. From how to prepare for a termination meeting to how to respond to interview questions about your job loss. Lorraine's book offers strategies for moving from terminated to hired. Tap into proven methods for changing the focus from job loss to career success. Career Restart. Practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Available at Amazon.com. Click the link on the Career Central show page to pick up your copy today. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into Career Central. To reach the program today, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. If you'd rather send an email, you may send it to Lorraine at interviewtowork.com. That's Lorraine at interview, the number two, work.com. Now, back to Career Central. Hi, welcome back. This is Lorraine Beeman. We're having a delightful conversation this morning with Holly Shaw, an actress and an author. And during the break, um, Holly was sharing with me another fantastic way to prepare for that interview. We talked uh, uh, before the break, some strategies and stuff like this. But she wants to, um, and I want her to share her ultimate preparation um, strategy for, (laughs) for that. Getting ready for that interview, that performance, okay. <laughs> right. Well, your interview is is somewhat of a performance, um, collaborative, improvisational, and uh, yeah. So, so I was thinking about um, different ways you can sort of prepare. And one fun one that I really love, Lorraine, is this one called exercising your creativity in the face of the heckler. So, as I shared with you earlier, I also do stand-up comedy, and um, comedians have to deal with hecklers all the time. It's not like you see on Netflix, they're in a nice theater, nobody yells out at hardly, you know, no, it's not. Most of your career as a comedian is in a bar. People are drinking, they yell things at you. They're not, they don't care what you're saying. They don't think you're funny. It's horrifying. (laughs) And yet we do it again and again and again. Um, It's kind of like the ultimate way to get over your stage, right? Uh, But that's enough on comedy. So this exercise, though, I figured, like, if you say you want to you wanna make sure that you know how to use Zoom, say you don't, everybody's using it now, but say you don't do it a lot or you're concerned, you don't want that to be a block. So you're going to hop on Zoom with a friend anyway, then 
why not while you're there say, okay, let's do a trial run. And when you're asking me these questions, you're going to pretend to be the interviewer and I'll be the interviewee. And when you ask me these questions, I want you to just act really bored. And, or, you know, I want you to just try to throw me off, like get up and stretch, like while I'm talking, or you can have your friend, um, you know, do things like keep interrupting you um, or, oh gosh, like there's a million things in um, in my book called Making Art in the Middle of Madness, <laughs> which I mentioned earlier. Uh, this is one of the exercises. So just different ways to throw you off, maybe yawn. It could be subtle, right? Because these things are going to come up, they're going to happen. And the thing is, is a lot of times it has nothing to do with you. Maybe the interviewer is having a really bad day and they seem angry. So the trick is to try to maintain your composure, try to get back on track, try to go with the flow, try to, so it really exercises those improvisational skills that we were talking about earlier that can really help. That is fantastic advice. I know when I prepare people for interviews, I always tell them, you know, the interviewer is going to be much kinder than I am, but interviewers do have bad days or on Zoom. They look away and you think that they're ignoring you. Actually, somebody's walked into the office, you know, you know, there's a flood, the pipe is, I mean, lots of things go on that you can't see because you're not there, which leads to me, leads to the point of eye contact. I mean, as a, as an actor, tell me about making eye contact, keeping eye contact with people without staring them down. But on the other hand, um, (laughs) the eyes seem to be the important way that we connect with folks. Sure. Yeah. Well, now are we talking about just virtual or or are we saying once we're back from the pandemic? Well, you know, let's do both. Let's start virtual because I think companies are still playing it safe. They're still doing virtual interviews, but we are going to get back on site. So let's yeah. talk about both. Both. Yeah. Well, as long as you're virtual, um, like I'm doing it now, finally, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at you right in my camera, so it might feel like you're looking into my eyes. So this is nice. I recommend that actors, people, anybody talking on Zoom, comedians that perform on Zoom, um, do a little combination of both. Mostly, I think, um, I go back and forth, but mostly I think people should look at the picture of the person they're talking to. Because even though it doesn't look like your eyes are connecting, Mm -hmm. um, you're getting a read on how they're hearing you. And I think it it deepens that connection. It's it's a little bit more important than looking straight into the camera because you're missing them. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. they're feeling you, but um, you're missing them. So I say, look at the person's picture, but then maybe say you're delivering a strong point or you're driving home a story and then you can look directly into that little camera and it feels like you're looking at nothing, right? So it feels kind of weird, but you're looking directly at them and they might really get and feel what you're saying a little that much more. Um, another trick when you're in in the virtual world is uh, say you have a panel of interviewers you have their names right there. Like what a luxury. Everybody's name is under underneath their face. It's perfect. So um, I say exploit that, really use it. Um, say people's names often, um, you know, when you're talking. Uh, this is another, people love to hear about themselves, right? So you can say, 
For example, Josh, I feel like, you know, when you came in, you mentioned this and, and, you know, as a worker, I can really relate to that. I don't know what you're, but you know what I mean? Just um, as you're answering questions, uh, see people's names and bring them into the conversation. Well, and I think that's a very good point because when somebody calls our name, we immediately kind of sit up and, and, and so you are really engaging that person. You're continuing that, that um, building that rapport because they go, oh my goodness, I have to listen because they're going to say something to me that I can <laughs> respond to. So I think that, that I, you know, and all our guests that we've had, I've never had anybody recommend that, but it really, really makes a lot of sense. Just, yeah. you know, look at the name and say, this is great. So um, one of the things, and you shared with us early um, in, in our conversation, so I don't feel too badly about asking, how do you deal with rejection? Because unfortunately, yeah. you go to an interview, you do a great job, and either one, they ghost you or they send you an email that says, you know, you know you're not moving forward. And so I have a feeling as an actress, you've learned how to somehow deal with that. And keep yeah. I mean, the thing is, you kept going. And that's, that is the thing in a job search. You just can't quit after one unsuccessful interview. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very carefully. <laughs> Rejection. <laughs> Rejection is hard, especially if you really wanted it. Right. And I have this joke I'm working on that goes, um, you know, I don't let one rejection shape who I am or tell me who I am. I let all my failures tell me who I am. <laughs> so that's a joke, right? Obviously, that's a joke. What I really want to tell people is the first part of that. Like, don't let one failure define you. And it can be all too easy then to stack up those failures and say, well, I didn't just fail this time. I failed the last time. I didn't get that job. I, that. I got fired on my last one. Um, that's not who you are. We're complex. We're multi-layered. If you just got rejected from a job, if you just didn't get something you wanted, it wasn't right. And I know this sounds a little woo-woo to tell people, oh, it's just not the right. There's something, the universe has something different for you in mind. I know some people don't want to hear things like that. Mm. But I believe it to be true, and it doesn't actually even matter if you believe that the universe has something else. It just is more helpful to think that way when you've been rejected. So tell yourself that even if you don't totally believe it, because, you know, there's got to be something else. Life goes on. More opportunities come. You never know where it's leading you. And, you know, once you're in that new place... You're not going to look back and go, well, what if I had gotten that other job? Like you do, you have no idea what that would have been like. Yeah. I totally agree with you, but let's tap into that 14 year old who was doing a 10 hour train ride over and over and over again, mm. audition for two or three minutes. Where did that come from? That yes, dad, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm just, I'm just, and you went to coach. I mean, you did some first, let's talk about your determination and then what you did to, to realize your dream? Well, I think, boy, Lorraine, you really may, you really want to bring me back there to my 14-year-old self. <laughs> That's, okay. Okay, it well, was hard. back there. But just, that but, kept driving you. Yeah, no, you're right, though. Like, your listeners might be feeling that. We all have that 14-year-old rejection or right now rejection person inside. Um I think it goes back to 
what I said at the very beginning, which is it's so painful. You're at like a a, a rosebud is going to bloom or die point, you know? You just feel like uh, it just feels so painful to know you have something in you and not be doing it. And I think when you when that pain of that is there, that disparity of the difference between what, you know, what you're experiencing and what you want is so different. The pain is so great. And I think it, it, um, it's a sign that, that there's something there that you really want to do. I hesitate to say should, right? Because it's all about like, does this thing that you're trying to do bring you happiness? And if the answer is yes, then keep going, keep going for it. Um, at any point when when the trying for it makes you miserable, then stop. Right? And that's, yeah. And that passion drove you to take some steps. Probably, I'm guessing continuing to take steps to improve your skills mm-hmm. and all of that. Do you want to share a little bit about that strategy that, that you, sounds like you developed when you were 14 because you said, mentioned that you told dad, no, I really want to do this. And then you talked about some steps that you took. I yeah. Think now that we're at that point where we're going, yeah, that's me. I really want to do this, but I'm not, you know, getting those offers. What do I do to, to yeah. you know, have a different outcome? Well, I did, I did get outside help. Like I did work with a coach um, that helped me with my acting and helped me take that energy and, and sort of use it right to, to, to really be a little bit bigger because I was very, um, I mean, I think that's why I was more made for TV than, than the screen is, or than the stage. Like I was, I was inside here and I had to like learn how to be out in the world. So that was one thing. But I also think it's funny, like I try, now that you're saying this, I'm thinking of new things I never thought of before. I tried different strategies before I kind of settled in and, and came back to myself. So <laughs> I remember I was just a kid now, I remember. So like, this is not who I am, but I remember going, well, some of these girls are, cause you go into an audition and it's a bunch of people that look just like you and you just are like, Oh, she's prettier. She's thinner. Oh, what am I? She's better dressed. What am I doing? And so some of these girls would be kind of catty or snotty. And I was like, well, maybe that's how you, you know, maybe I need to just be more like full of myself and snotty. And I was kind of just, I would give mean glances or, you know, and I tried it, I think maybe once or twice. And I was like, oh, it feels horrible. That's not who I am. I'm not a competitive, like feeling very competitive didn't feel good. So I said, okay. Um, So I started just being nice. Just be, oh, where'd you get your headshot? That's nice. I like your outfit. Just being nice to everybody. And then I found that I was in a better headspace in the room. I wasn't, nobody wants a snotty actress who's 14. Um, and then what else happened? I mean, I, I think I tried these different strategies until I finally sort of mellowed out and focused in and came back to myself and realized there was, there was nothing else that I had to give. There's, I couldn't be her. I couldn't be her. I had to be, you know, this, this, this little badly dressed girl from Indiana. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> but I want to reinforce what, what you said, and it, it transitions so well into the whole, the interviewing, the, the on the job is the fact that, you know, you, you were more successful when you were supportive of other people because you eliminated that anger or that hostility, which again comes through, you know, you're sitting in the, the waiting room and you see other people that are going in for an interview and you're going, Oh, it puts you in a bad mindset. The, you know, I will be cooperative. This is, this is great. And then I think the most important thing you said is you got back to who you were. I mean, you were, you were nice and all of that, but you really realized what your strengths were and what your passions were. So. Yeah. Because when you're being that person, no one can compete with you. No one can touch you. Right. You know? Sometimes we talk about personal branding and all that, which a lot of people don't like. But that really is your personal uniqueness that you bring. And what, you know, when people watch you on stage, that's what they're, they're looking for. You know, not comparing you to somebody else that auditioned, but to what you actually bring and, and um, engage people, which I think is a very valuable lesson for all of us. And I wish I could keep talking into the next question, but um, we need to take a very short break and then we're going to come back and continue our conversation with Holly. And we still have a lot of really great topics to cover. So we will see you back here in a very short time. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you worried your job will end? Is there someone in your life who is facing a layoff? Career transition specialist Lorraine Beeman has condensed 20 years of experience helping people cope with sudden unemployment into an easy-to-read how-to book, Career Restart. Practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Knowing how to handle a job loss will help you move into your next job. This book guides you through the restart of your career. From how to prepare for a termination meeting to how to respond to interview questions about your job loss. Lorraine's book offers strategies for moving from terminated to hired. Tap into proven methods for changing the focus from job loss to career success. Career Restart, practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Available at Amazon.com. Click the link on the Career Central show page to pick up your copy today. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are 
tuned into Career Central. To reach the program today, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. If you'd rather send an email, you may send it to Lorraine at interviewtowork.com. That's Lorraine at interview, the number two, work.com. Now, back to Career Central. Welcome back, and welcome back to our conversation with Holly Shaw, who is both an actress and an author. We have been talking a lot about fears and concerns, and so we're going to jump into that concept of the imposter syndrome. And we were just sharing that it always happens the night before you're going to start a new job where you either dream or think, I have no idea how I'm going to be able to do this job. But it also creeps in um, during interviewing and everything else, and so we're going to tap into to Holly's knowledge and have her share with us how she deals with the imposter syndrome or advises her clients to how to deal with it. It's funny, uh, when you're just talking about it, Lorraine, something popped in my head about the imposter syndrome. Like I still, you know, I think I still experience that. And I, as we all do at different points, and it's that self-doubt that, that I don't belong here. Uh, for me, Nowadays, it happens more often, not so much on stage, but more often um, I'll have a big idea. And at the time, it feels so perfect. I'm like, oh, the world is going to love this. It's going to be amazing. And it's usually very ambitious. And then, and I go with the flow, I get creative ideas and it feels exciting and I'm all into it. And I kind of go a little like ah, manic into it. And I, you know, sleep a little less. I wake up in the morning and I rush to it. And then about a few weeks in, like the other shoe drops and I have this moment of like, oh my God, what was I thinking? I can't do this. Oh no, what have I done? <laughs> Just this feeling of like, where has my joy and excitement taken me now? And I feel like I get in a lot of hot water. I put myself in situations that I sometimes I'm like, wow, I don't deserve to be in this situation. And I have to talk myself off that ledge. And sometimes I truly don't deserve to be there. And I just have to say, you know, but I am, but I'm here. <laughs> You're laughing at me, but I am here. And so something got me here, even if it's just my excitement and, and people felt that energy and they wanted, they wanted it. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with what I got, you know, you got to go with what you got and you have to trust that initial excitement to do the thing. So whatever it is for you, whether it's like going into a new career path um, this, that, or the other, there's two sides, right? There's this like creative cheerleader that's like, go, 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 and doesn't take no for an answer almost. Like this, I hope, you know, you're in touch with that at some point in your life. Um, sometimes for people, it's a whisper. Now, for me, it's like a huge shout and a slap on the back. Like, <laughs> I can't ignore it anymore. Um but even if it's just a small whisper that says, yeah, I think I could do that. I think I'd be good at that. That would be fun. Uh, you got to follow that, right? Sometimes it takes you to crazy places. And then the other voice comes in, the self-doubt. And maybe this voice is usually something you picked up along the way. It's not your own. It's usually like 
the time your mom said, oh, maybe you should be uh, sing a little more quietly. <laughs> you know, these things that stick in your head. Parents, I'm a parent myself. We don't mean to do it. But sometimes um, we leave these little imprints and they come back and they, they, they are fodder for our self-doubt. Um, and so I think, you know, it's talking yourself off that ledge and, you know, learning over time to listen to it less and to let it derail you less. Because I wouldn't say that I don't feel derailed sometimes but I don't spend as long in that self-doubt. You have just perfectly described the arc between accepting a job offer and showing up on the first day. There is that ultimate thrill. And then depending how long it is before the first day, you have both of those little voices going. And I love what you said about ignore the voice that says you can't do it and focus on the voice that says you can cheerlead. And even if it's a small little voice that says you can do it, you can do it. Listen, listen to that voice. Mm -hmm. So that is absolutely great. We got to tap into one more area and that is creative blocks because for the job seeker, you know, they have a great idea and they sit down at their keyboard and somehow the resume doesn't come out. The thank you note doesn't come out. There's just something that's stopping them. Mm -hmm. And I have a feeling you have probably spent a lot of time thinking about creative blocks and how to get over <laughs> them. So we, before, we, yeah. before we let you say any more, we, we want to tap into that. Well, I, I've always said that there's a um, productive procrastination. I like this idea. Um, in my first book, The Creative Formula, I talk about productive procrastination. And that is sometimes you aren't waiting. You're not procrastinating because you're lazy or something. It's because you are kind of waiting for some pieces to fall together. And, and there is some sort of marinating in your mind that's happening, right? There's things in motion. It just might not be things you can check off on your to-do list. So the first thing is like not beat yourself up if you're taking a little longer, but maybe if, if you have items that are moving, like write that letter for that job, if you're moving them from week to week, from to-do list to to-do list, and you're never crossing them off, maybe it's time to stop and say, hmm, what, what am I afraid is going to happen? Right? And really looking at Usually there's something that you're afraid of that's going to happen there. Um, and just giving, you know, some voice to that and just acknowledging it. Our fear is there oftentimes to help us in the beginning. It's saying, hey, I don't want you to humiliate yourself, so I'm going to stop you. And you can just say, thank you. Thank you, fear. Thank you for, for uh, trying to keep me from that humiliation. But uh, I think we got this. I think there's a way we can move forward and it's going to be fine. Um, and then to actually sit down and get started, I think you have to really get in alignment with that letter. So say it's a letter. Um, you have to think like, why do, I, why do I want this job? Why do I want to write this letter? Like, what do I want the person on the other end of it to feel like if someone was asking me for a job, what, what would I want to hear? Um, you know, so just start thinking those things and then soon enough, some ideas start coming and then you can just 
you know, get plugging away. But I think you have to get in alignment and, and eager to write that letter before you sit down and are faced with the blank page. Yeah, you have to get in alignment. You have to get excited and eager. And I think that goes right back to your strategy on um, stage fright is starting to think about the person and what they want to hear rather than thinking, oh, gee, if I say this, you know, maybe they'll think I'm dumb or maybe they, you know, maybe lots, you know, lots of doubts just thinking, oh, gee, I want to tell this person something that will help them. I love that. So if it's moving from one week to another, it's, oh, well, wait a minute. Instead of saying I need to write this letter or this resume, what do other people want to know? What will make their life better? What, and, you know, what will, mm-hmm. you know, in your case, it's what will entertain them for our job seekers. It's what will make their lives easier because they can find a highly qualified candidate. We ask each of our listeners to suggest an action our, our listeners can take immediately to help them start developing a career advancing strategy. What do you want to challenge them to do or suggest they do? Um, two things. Okay. When you're in an interview, when you're in Zoom, turn the, high, turn, uh, the, the self-view off. It's those oh. three little dots in the upper right-hand corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish I had done it, but I didn't know if it would affect the Facebook Live, so I didn't, I didn't do it. Thank you for not doing that because we would have just seen the blank screen with your name. Okay. <laughs> but um, I think when you're doing it regular, it just, with a re- regular person, it, it just hides you from yourself. So they can still see you, but you're not looking at yourself. And there's that self-consciousness piece. Zoom is highly distracting for that reason. It's really hard not to look at my beautiful self. (laughs) I think we all do it. We all want to see how do I look when I'm saying that thing. And we're like, oh, I can't believe I look that way when I'm saying that thing. And then you're not thinking about what you're talking about, right? So I would use those three little dots in the top right-hand corner of your screen. And there's a little hide self view. That's number one. And then um, the other thing I just want to reiterate is um, when you go out in the world, start practicing these these tools. Right, start start um, working on um, that that skill. It's a muscle of connecting with people, connecting, putting your attention on someone else, creating, being alive in the moment, saying yes and. We hear that a lot in improv. Yes. What is interesting about this moment? What can I say yes to? What do I want to know more about? And then noticing the stories you're telling, noticing the stories that you're telling yourself, seeing if you can come up with some slightly better stories, even if they're like, well, I'm not too terrible. (laughs) I love it. All fantastic tips, all things people can do with very little impact on their time. In our last few minutes, I want you to tell our listeners how they can um, connect with you, learn more about you, your book, everything that that you've got going on. Yeah, well, you can visit me on my website, performersandcreatorslab.com. I have right now a quiz up, uh, Discover Your Shadow Archetype. So in my latest book, Making Art in the Middle of Madness, um, I talk about the, the fears that we have that are blocking us, these fears that are running us. And um, with them, I, I uh, have articulated three different shadow archetypes. So these are um, the outlaw, 
the fabulous and the rebel. And I almost forgot my own shadows. Um, and these archetypes, so you take it, it's like a 10 question quiz. You take it and you can find out which one of these are you, which one is your shadow. And that sort of tells you what's running you, what, what's your tendency when things get tough in high pressure situations. So it'd be really good for those of you interviewing to know what, um, you know, what runs you when the pressure is high. Um, and then also there, you can, of course, get my book, Making Art in the Middle of Madness. I also have a book called The Creative Formula. Um, and this book, Making Art in the Middle of Madness, it really has a lot of those tools to help you overcome that stage fright. So it would be good. Um, it's written to the uh, artist performer, but also the speaker interviewer, you know, so it'd be good for anyone. Yeah. Thank you. I, I want to encourage everybody. I've, I'm just working through Holly's latest book, and what I've read is spectacular. I can't wait to get all the way through it and, and use those tips that she shared. I want to thank you so much for coming on to, to the show today. I have learned so much that I know I'm going to start incorporating in, in my presentations and conversations, and boy, the next person I see, I'm going to do that, um, trying to engage them, do the eye contact and everything you've shared with us. Um, I wanted to say a little bit about our show next week. Our guest is Susan Collins. Susan is an internal recruiter in the retail industry, and she's been doing that for more than 20 years. She is a master networker. So join us next week for two of my favorite topics, picking the brain of a recruiter and how to network yourself into your next job. Always appreciate feedback. That's how we um, decided to invite Holly because you wanted to know more and I think that she's answered every single question that I have gotten from you. So um, if you have questions or you have suggestions for shows, just reach out to me, careercentralhost at gmail.com. Um, if you're facing a job loss, think about checking out my book, um, Career Restart, Practical Advice for Surviving and Moving Forward After a Job Loss, available on Amazon. And I want to leave you with what we always leave you with is until our next show, this is Lorraine Beeman encouraging you to take care of your career because you are the only one qualified to do it. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of Career Central. Be sure to join your host, Lorraine Beeman, for another program next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit Voice America Business.